this is INT Japan. Today's topic is a little bit informal. Today I'm going to talk about being an English teacher in Japan. For those of you who don't know, being an English teacher is probably the easiest way to get your foot in the door if you've dreamt about coming to Japan for a long time. You don't really need a teaching qualification or experience. As long as you're good with people and have a pretty good communication skill, you should get a job. That is, of course, if you are planning to work for an Eikaiwa. Teaching at a Japanese high school or university is a completely different story. They usually look for someone with more experience and relevant educational background or teaching qualifications. As I'm not really interested in teaching in Japanese school because I've heard a lot of scary stories about monster parents here, that was fine. As for teaching at the university, it is difficult to get permanent employment as Japan doesn't really want to offer tenure to foreigners. That's what I heard anyway. So most of the gigs that you can get at the university are mostly temporary. If you're down for that, then that's fine. When I got my job as an English teacher back in 2014, I didn't think it would be a permanent gig. I wasn't planning on becoming a teacher at all. When I was in London, I came across a seminar held by the company that would eventually get me into Japan. I was still a student then, and I was really desperate to find a job. I know this doesn't sound like a good reason, but I just didn't want to go back to my hometown. So I was willing to take what I could get at the time. It was kind of fateful in a way because I came across the seminar a day before its last day. I managed to book a spot and I traveled to London to attend the seminar. I don't remember what they talk about in the seminar anymore because it was nine years ago. All I knew was it was my only chance to avoid going back home. I registered, emailed my resume and surprise surprise they invited me for an interview. The first round of the interview was just talking about everyday stuff. I guess they wanted to get a feel of your character. In the second round of the interview, I had to speak to someone from Japan's HQ. It was a little bit more unnerving. I had to demonstrate my teaching ability, I had to explain the meaning of some words, give examples, etc. After the interview, he commented that I've got the personality that Japanese people might like. I thought it was kind of odd. Why would it matter? As it turns out, it matters a great deal. You see, your personality, your vibe or aura pretty much decides how well you do in Japan. He said that they prefer someone bubbly, but not too bubbly. And to quote his exact words, just the right amount of cheerfulness. So bubbly, but not too bubbly and cheerful, but not aggressively cheerful. Of course, this is not my true face, but you gotta play an extrovert if you wanna ace interviews. The third round of the interview, I had to do a written test. It was kind of my forte because I was studying literature at the time, so the task they gave me was pretty simple. Write a story, explain the meaning of some words again, etc, etc. They got back to me one day later and told me I got the job. I thought I was pretty freaking special. I got the job? I get to go to Japan? It's like a dream come true. I've always idolized Japan in some ways. I was probably a wee before coming to Japan. The thought of being able to work and live in Japan was unbelievable. It was like I was getting recruited to join Sailor Moon. 
stupid, I know, but that's how much of a geek I was. At that time, I had no idea what I was in for. It was mostly my fault though because unlike a few others, I didn't do much research on Japan. Especially about foreigners living in Japan. I mean, I've lived in three different countries and traveled to about 20. How different could Japan be? It's also an advanced country, so it's not like I'm gonna be worrying about some crazy dude with a bald haircut taking everybody's pets away just for the hell of it. It's Japan. One of the safest countries in the world. Anyway, even if I had done my research and found out about the horrible, horrible stories about foreigners living in Japan, I would have still come to Japan either way. Can't be worse than going back to my hometown. FYI, it's not that my hometown is a bad place to be. I know a lot of Japanese see Indonesia as a pretty comfortable place to live, especially because you can hire personal drivers and housekeepers for about 10,000 yen a month. For me, it's more about the cultural issue. I've just been away for too long to be able to readjust to life there. All in all, I still think I made the right decision coming to Japan. So, after I got the job, getting the visa process was quite straightforward. Just a few documents and paperwork and you're set to go. At that time, I actually didn't know that a lot of foreigners come to Japan as an English teacher. I mean, considering that Japan is one of the economic powerhouses, I figured that most people can speak English anyway. And as most of you may know by now, I was dead wrong. In my first week in Japan, I had to stay with my cousin in Ibaraki prefecture. One day after I landed, I had to get myself a phone, open a bank account, and search for an apartment. It didn't sound like much, but one thing I still can't get over about Japan is how much paperwork there is. Pages and pages of forms and hanko and more forms to confirm that your hanko is legit. Hanko is basically a stamp with your family name on it. But since my family name is not Japanese, I had to get one custom made, which was not cheap and totally not worth it because I can count how many times I've used it in the 9 years I've been here. The hassle didn't end there. You see, when I wanted to get a phone, I needed a home address. But for me to have a home, I need a phone number. And the circle didn't stop there. For me to have a phone number, I need to have a bank account. And of course, to have a bank account, I need a phone number and an address. Most foreigners here are familiar with the real estate company Leo Palace. They pretty much cater to foreigners. I went with them because, well, it's the first company that popped up on Google and the rent was pretty reasonable. About 80,000 yen a month? And it's not that far from my office to be. Since I was living alone, a 20 square meters apartment was perfectly fine. So Leo Palace became my first official residence in Japan for the first two years. After that, I craved for more space and the 20 square meter space was becoming a bit too claustrophobic for my taste. Well, that was also my fault because I bought a lot of stuffed animals. Anyway, back to teaching English. There seems to be a stereotype around being an English teacher in Japan, and not all of them positive. If you're a foreigner living in Japan, many Japanese would immediately assume that you're an English teacher. And they guess right. Almost all foreigners that I've met in Japan, even famous YouTubers like abroad in Japan, have experience teaching here. 
be it as an Eikaiwa teacher like me or as an ALT. As I said before, it's the easy way to get into Japan. That is, if you're teaching at an Eikaiwa, which is an English conversation school geared mainly toward adult learners. As for the negative stereotypes, I'm not sure if this applies to women as well, but at least I've heard from men that if you come to Japan to be an English teacher, then you are called an LBH, which means loser back home. I don't necessarily agree, I just think that some people are interested in Japanese culture. And hey, there's nothing wrong with otaku culture, as long as you keep it healthy. The catch is, the pay isn't great. The best you can hope for is that they cover your transportation costs, which some Eikaiwas don't. If you are single and don't have any commitment, you can live off the salary just fine. It was way later that I learned that these English teachers are way underpaid. For some schools, like mine actually, you only get paid for the lessons you teach. So if your schedule is free, you won't be earning anything. When you're just starting out, you could be sitting at the office all day, wasting your time, earning nothing. There's a lot of anxiety about this because not all teachers can survive the first few months. You need to get as many students as possible and quickly, otherwise you will be eating out of the dumpsters. And it can make the workplace a tad competitive. Luckily, the people at my workplace are pretty nice and chill. We learn to work together rather than against each other. But I've heard in some schools some teachers would badmouth another teacher so their students will stay with them. I don't think I could survive in that kind of environment. Even though the job itself comes with ups and downs, I don't regret being a teacher. There are still things that I still enjoy by being a teacher, even though it has been 9 years. I have met some wonderful people who have become my lifelong friends, and I have gotten to know a lot about Japanese culture through my students, just by listening to their stories. I also got to know people from different professions, people whom I would never have met if I weren't teaching. I got to know their unique personality in general without the influence of media and stereotypes. Meeting them has really broadened my horizon and taught me a lot about the kind of person that I am. As an introvert though, being an English teacher is not the easiest. I struggled a lot in my first year because I had to meet different people all the time, every day. Some of them were chatty enough to make my job easier, but the quiet ones, it's definitely mentally taxing for introverts. After all, we, for once, had to be the interesting one, the chatty bubbly one, it's just against our nature. After a few months, I felt really drained and burned out. When I got home, I just didn't want to talk to anybody. In a way, Japan has made me more introverted than before. The last time I took the MBTI test, I was 100% introverted. But paradoxically, Japan also made me a better communicator. When you're forced to make interesting conversation with different kinds of people, you learn to adapt to different situations better. Also, when your students are interested in certain topics or have certain hobbies, you have to do your research first before talking to them, so a good way to learn about new things and get out of your comfort zone. For example, if I weren't a teacher, I probably wouldn't have met a neurosurgeon, a lawyer, or a CEO even. 
I also had a voice actress, a police officer, and a lot of engineers or students. And it was really interesting hearing about their daily life and how their jobs affect the way they think. If I weren't a teacher, I don't think I would know Japan as well as I do now. Well, that's the positives. Unfortunately, by meeting a lot of people, I also got to know Japan's flaws as a country. Not everyone is satisfied with the way the country is run. I realized that because of Japan's homogeneity, a lot of people also think alike. And to date, I have yet to meet a quiet Osaka person. So the stereotype about them being friendly and chatty is pretty accurate, at least according to my experience. On the other hand, if you meet someone who's Tokyo born and raised, you can expect them to be a little bit more uptight and serious. Not that it's a bad thing, but the atmosphere just feels a little bit more formal. So if you are the laid-back type, you better sit up straight. While the teacher's salary isn't great, it allows you a great deal of freedom to explore and travel around Japan. Because the thing is, if you work for a conservative Japanese company, you may be working from 9 to 5 with at least 2 hours overtime. Life will quickly feel like an endless loop of work and sleep and work and sleep. It will kill your soul like Aquafina's song in The Little Mermaid. No offense. I do think teaching here is a great experience, but don't expect to get rich from it. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed that episode, and as always, if you have any requests or message, you can message me on Instagram directly. Take care!